Hi, I'm Jago Wynn, and welcome to the HTC Daily Podcast. We as a church are meeting daily on Zoom to speak to God in prayer and to hear from God in the Bible. For those of you who can't join us live or who want to listen again, we're featuring the Daily Bible Thought as we journey through Matthew's Gospel in the first part of 2021, and we're also including how we're being encouraged to pray each day. Today, it's James White. Hi everyone, today we are looking at Matthew 11, uh, verses 1 to 19. So let's just start by reading the passage um, that's come up. After Jesus had finished instructing his 12 disciples, he went on from there to teach and preach in the towns of Galilee. When John, who was in prison, heard about the deeds of the Messiah, he sent his disciples to ask him, Are you the one who is to come, or should we expect someone else? Jesus replied, Go back and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. And let's quickly jump down to verse 11 at the bottom. Uh, Jesus carries on and says, Truly I tell you, among those born of women, there has not risen anyone greater than John the Baptist. Yet whoever is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. So our old friend John the Baptist is back. Uh, Let's recap his story so far, uh, in case you've forgotten. Chapter three, uh, as we all know, John baptises Jesus. You know the story. The Jewish people have been waiting for hundreds and hundreds of years for a Messiah. And finally, he's arrived. Not only that, but John was there at the very centre of it. He was there to witness God's voice boom down from heaven and say, this is my son, listen to him. But by the very next chapter, it has all gone wrong. John is now in prison. John had fallen out of favour with King Herod, which is not typically a great thing to do. And he ends up being locked away, completely powerless, stuck in a small room for months on end, unable to live a free life or see the people he loves. Now, what does that remind you of? Anyway, that's the context when we get to our uh, verse, uh, our chapter and um, down to verse two. And it's no wonder, therefore, that John has sent his disciples to Jesus to ask the following question. Are you the one who is to come or should we expect someone else? What a contrast. John is now full of doubt. Are you really the one who is to come or have we got it all wrong? Should we wait for someone else? And I suspect that actually many of us have gone through that kind of emotion at some point in our Christian life. Maybe there was a point you can remember when You had great dreams and expectations and hopes about how God was going to move in your life, in your friends' lives, in your family's lives. But then over time, maybe it just didn't seem to work out. You didn't see the progress you were hoping for. So when we do have those doubts, what should we do? How should we handle it? Well, here I think we see what Jesus says to John. There are two things that Jesus doesn't say. And then there are also two things that Jesus does say. So let's look at each of those pairs in turn. Firstly, Jesus doesn't explain, but he does reassure. He doesn't explain. Jesus doesn't here just solve John's doubts immediately. He doesn't just lay out a full blueprint of how he's going to get him out of prison and then transform his life um, and bring freedom to the Jews. But what he does do is reassure John. Here's what he says. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, Those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Jesus is pointing 
to the evidence of his miracles as historical facts. And at the same time, he's also quoting scripture directly by referring back to Isaiah. And in doing so, he is saying this, I am the fulfilment of scripture's promises. You can trust in me fully. In the same way, our faith is not just based on our emotional whims. We all know it's based on historical fact, on Jesus, the human being, the man of history who came to earth and died and rose again. But it's also based on our personal experience. And so when we are going through tough times, we can remember those past miracles of our own lives and of our friends' lives and of the friends in our church, even if we're not seeing any right now. So that's the first point. Jesus doesn't explain, but he reassures. And the second is that Jesus doesn't rebuke, but he does give grace. I also find it interesting that Jesus doesn't get annoyed with John during this episode. He could easily say, come on, John, sort yourself out. How dare you doubt me? I showed you so much. You heard my father from heaven. How dare you give up? But the Bible doesn't shy away from doubt as a human reality. It's not treated as a taboo subject. Scripture doesn't sugarcoat the human experience or the human faith. The opposite, in fact, so many of the greats of the Bible, as we know, go through times of such incredible doubt. And we should be careful not to do the opposite as a church family. Let's not treat doubt as some unforgivable sin or something that can't be discussed. Instead, let's be open and honest and humble with each other about our feelings. But instead of rebuking, what does Jesus do? Jesus shows grace. Read verse 11 again. I think this is incredible. Truly, I tell you, Jesus says, among those born of women, there has not risen anyone greater than John the Baptist. Jesus says that John, the John who has literally just publicly questioned who Jesus is, is greater than anyone else in all of history. And if that sentence astonishes you, then read the next line. Yet whoever is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. Whoever is least. Look, I suppose all of us on this Zoom call are members of the kingdom of heaven. Um, and I don't know which of us is least, but I presume um, statistically one of us has to be least. Um, right. I guess I guess it won't be anyone from the staff team. So that narrows it down a bit already. But anyway, whichever one of us is, you are greater than John the Baptist, greater than Isaiah, than Elijah, than Ezekiel, than Solomon. And this isn't just wishy-washy self-help motivation. This is the truth of scripture. Now, why can we be so confident of this? It's because our status before God is not contingent ultimately on the strength of our faith. It is contingent on Jesus's sacrifice for us, which is perfect and is already finished. So this morning, um, as we pray, let's feel free to bring our doubts before God and pray for his strength when we do doubt, for his reassurance and comfort for those we know who are doubting, and above all, thanks for his grace for us. James, thank you so, so much. We prayed this morning in line with the way that James encouraged us just now. Uh, we also prayed for the nation. Uh, we joined in with the archbishops in praying for the nation, particularly today, praying around the economic well-being of the country, both on a big scale uh, as we renew our common life together, but also for those who face uncertainty in their work and those who've lost their jobs in particular. 